Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Perception is Reality. By now, your first and favorite podcast in the whole wide world. Uh, that was my sarcasm tone, in case you can't tell the difference by now. I know that there's other podcasts that are very worthy. But it is your host, David. And again, here we embark on another week. And today, we are inviting Jessica to the show. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. And for those listening, you may or may not notice that there's a different accent that Jessica has than I have. That's because she is joining me from the lovely United Kingdom today. And I appreciate... It's lovely today. It's actually sunny today. <laughs> There's no rain. And that, from what I understand, is quite a beautiful thing. So I don't want to keep you too long. I want you to be able to enjoy the day while you have it. We have... And, and this uh, hopefully isn't too much of an exaggeration, but we might or might not have a few more sunny days than you down here in Houston, Texas. <laughs> we might, we'll be lucky if we get about 12, 12 really good days. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but welcome to the show. And if you don't mind, can you tell me and all of our listeners across the globe, what is our topic for today? So today I want to talk about something that sounds silly, but is actually extremely deep. For me, has been life-changing, uh, which is decluttering. Yes, I'm half quoting that book title, and there's been the Netflix mm -hmm. series recently, which I found very interesting. Not necessarily what was in it as such, but more what they chose to leave out of it. So definitely want to go into that side of things. Ah. But it, it's something that's had like a massive impact on my life. And I find it very fascinating at how it is, is viewed and seen. And there's obviously a big wave of minimalism or practical minimalism as well at the moment. So it's, it, it's bizarre. I find it incredibly fascinating decluttering and people's attachment to things, both physical and mental attachments to stuff. Very, very fascinating. I do as well. And I will say this, there is the, the movement and we, you did reference the show on Netflix, which I was going to as well, because that's very popular right now. But my wife and I, every year, we've always decluttered. Um, we go through things. We, we, we've just done that. We like to travel light, I guess is the way to say it, because we've spent, we've moved around the United States uh, quite a bit. We've never had the chance to live uh, internationally uh, yet. That is still on the list as to, we've traveled quite a bit, but we haven't had the opportunity to live abroad, which is on the bucket list is to actually to live some places to truly know it. Uh, but we do declutter every year, and I find it fascinating. And we're watching the show with our daughter, who's 22. Uh, so she's slightly older than yours. Um. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, 
difference by 20 years yes uh so uh we watched the show with her and she just graduated university and she's moved down to, she was in New York and university. She's moved down to Texas with us and she's uh, got two jobs now and she's applied for several more. So she's quite industrious, which I appreciate. Uh, but we do watch the show. Uh, Marissa is my daughter. She's a little bit more of what I would say a pack rat than my wife and I. Um, so it's interesting to try to meld her, university life into her room that she has down here in Texas and the two don't quite fit because she had a lot more room at mm. university than she does in one single room here um, so she needs to declutter and she's having a hard time but we do every year uh, I think so it I want... is much, much harder at that that age in particular because there's so much that state of finding yourself which is the the area that I particularly enjoy with with decluttering um, be it mental or physical, it's, I, I was very materialistic. I probably still am in some ways, but I am very, I'm like a selective materialistic now. Um, and I, I grew up very much in this constant state of uh, not enough. There wasn't enough. Um, I had my, my dad on one side who is very much, he didn't like even if he he didn't wasn't interested in winning the lottery, he wasn't having interested in having more than he needed or anything like just to be the, the sort of basic contented level. He was like he wasn't didn't need to go above and beyond. Um, which actually he's really good with money. He probably had the the capacity to go above and beyond, but didn't really want to. And then my mum on the other side was a spender. Um, and there was this case of she there was never there was never enough never enough money to buy the things that she wanted to have to have the life that she wanted to have and things like this and um so I had these very two conflicting things growing up and it left me very materialistic and trying to create the inner person I wanted with external stuff which is a very dangerous space to get into and then add in the fact that I was I, I went to four schools when most people go to two. So you normally do a junior and a secondary in the UK. And, and then you've got college and university beyond that. But schooling is two. And I did four. So I did two junior and two secondary. And at three of those four, I was quite severely bullied. And that leaves you very much with a, a sense of not knowing yourself. And you become the person you need to be to survive in that environment, particularly um, like physical bullying physically the bully um mm -hmm. the bullied can become tough and slash back and hit back or they can retire and hide and run away and not want to go to school and things like that you become the person you need to be to survive the experience and so you can get to the end of the trauma of bullying and some people stay in this this shield of the person they needed to be to survive some people are able to shed that um, that shield and finally become who they really are inside and i stayed protected and um, so i was trying to become who i was meant to be with stuff i had this bully shield all around me um and i was still i was still sort of fighting for my metaphorical life even though no one was attacking me anymore Hmm. um so have you been watching game of thrones no i'm not so one of those people you know what are they so any any okay that was my example but 
you ruined it of any kind of you take them if they were still in the middle of a war and suddenly you put them in in the land of peace and you're just this one person still trying to fight this mega battle and everyone around you is peaceful they're going to be like we don't no we don't agree with this we don't get you we don't want to uh, be friends with you um so i found it very hard to make relationships with people because there was no trust and i was constantly on the offensive and things like that um but i also had this this conflicting lack there was i always felt like things were lacking and what was lacking was an actual knowing of myself and who i really was um and you can't you can't discover that through buying stuff and and i also realized that when i was if I was aware I was going to go into a time of lack, I would panic buy, but I wouldn't panic buy things that were actually of use. And then the t- period of lack would be worse because I'd spent money on things I didn't need. So if I knew I was changing jobs, maybe I didn't have a job to go to. So maybe, maybe I'd been on a contract, the contract would be expiring. I'd panic buy stuff. I'd like bulk buy paper and pens and then I've still got some of this like 10 years later, this stuff. And I was just like, what? Like, I, it really started when I went deep into decluttering, I was able to go back and be like, that has stemmed from that issue. It's cause and effect. I bought this thing that I'm now going to throw out, give to charity, recycle, whatever it is I was going to do with it because I had this thought process and I had that thought process because that thing happened to me when I was younger and I let it own me enough. I literally let it brainwash me to the point of buying this thing 10 years later that I'm still holding on to 10 further years down the line. Like that's the level of decluttering that really gets me excited. And that's where you finding yourself decluttering every year. I find really interesting because, um, and Marie Kondo talks about it as well. If you really go in to the life changing bit of it, really go deep, you shouldn't ever have to declutter again. Uh, kids are the exception because they come in and they evolve and change and they grow out of stuff very quickly. Um, but with the exception of throwing out stuff that's broken or maybe you've got bored of it because you can get bored of clothes. I, I can get bored of an item of clothing. Um, but big decluttering shouldn't necessarily be something that, that constantly has to be checked. Um, but it's a lot of mental work to do it right in the first place. And for, for us to clarify, it's decluttering because we move so much, we end up with wardrobe that we don't need because we just moved okay. two years ago from New York to Houston and the temperature difference is <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit different. So, uh, you know, yeah. You know, so that's a change in environment as opposed it's a to change actual, environment. Yeah. But usually yeah. when we declutter, it's usually just wardrobe changes. Um, yeah. like it's mostly like athletic gear, like for me, for me per- personally, and, and I'll just uh, say this is like, I'm a cyclist. So I'll look at some of my clothes and, you know, I'll have bought in, like, for example, I just bought a new Jersey that uh, from a company in Colorado. It's, it's, it's like a high visibility orange. And I wear that specifically at a, a, a certain time of day. Um, and because it's a good sunlight jersey it reflects the sunlight but i would never wear that during sunrise or sunset because it's an it's the same kind of colors orange as the sunrise Mm. and the sunset so i would blend in that would defeat the purpose but then i was going through my jerseys and i'm like well i have this one that i haven't worn in a while and i'm like well why haven't i done that i'm like 
well because it's really old and it's frayed and I'm like oh well you know what time to go so I, it's it was it, we every year we could kind of do a spring cleaning it's a wardrobe like what do we, what have we worn what haven't we worn and for us it's about donating if we're not going to wear that piece of clothing we donate. Someone else will. Yeah. Someone somebody, else can get a use Somebody it. else will. If it's wearable. Like I would never donate like that jersey that had, I don't know, probably two or three thousand miles on it. Um, you know, with the frayed fringe and everything. That was just like, okay, well, why didn't you throw it away when you had it? Well, because you were waiting in the mail for the new one to come because you were lazy and you didn't want you were well, not lazy, cheap. Um, you were really waiting <laughs> just maybe like your father. Um really waiting until the last minute to purchase that jersey and then it takes a week to get here in the mail and then you just you know but anyway mm -hmm. so with us it's really just a wardrobe change we don't have a lot of large items and a lot of large clutter uh, and for us it's because we have moved so much that we just by necessity we can't uh we just can't stockpile things it's just not who we are See, I wish I'd discovered it sooner. We moved so much as children. One year we moved eight times. By the time I was 22, I had moved more times than I was years old. I stopped counting after that. I gave up. I was like, I don't want to know the number anymore. But mm -hmm. I've got, I know that one time was eight, one year was eight times. And yeah, more than, I'd moved more than 22 times by my 22nd birthday. And yet I still liked having lots of stuff. Like there was obviously felt safe in this cocoon of stuff. And when I did my first big, big declutter, I'd not long moved and I'd, it had been a weird move. So I'd moved half my stuff into storage, half my stuff to my mum's. Then the stuff that was at my mum's, I'd moved to my dad's because I lived there briefly, but I'd never really even unpacked. Um, and then I moved into where I live now. And then I went and got the stuff that was in storage and moved that in. <laughs> like there was bit, there was me having to hire a van and I was like, no, this is not, don't like driving big vehicles at all. Um, mm. I was like filling up my car so that like the suspension looked like it was going to break. Like it was, and lugging heavy stuff myself and trying to maneuver heavy and awkward pieces of furniture by myself and things like this. Like it was like dragged out move. It wasn't a simple pack everything up, move to one place. And yeah, I still had all these things and it, it's quite funny. People often cling on to their stuff because of that as well. They're like, but I've been through the move now. I might, I might as well keep it. I've moved it. I've got it here. Why did I keep it? And I'm, I was just like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done living like this. I'm done being owned by my staff. And I've learned so much about my, myself going through all the things. Um, and looking at why, I mean, Marie Kondo talks about thanking the item for its service to you. But mm -hmm. I really like to go deep with why why did I buy this really why did I buy this not I thought it was pretty what made me think I really needed an item that was pretty like what what are the deeper issues so that I can fix them and move forward or so I can learn the lesson this she talks about that actually learning the lesson from the item but I'd like to go very very deep with it and particularly if you've kind of realized that maybe you've got a few issues You've got a few troubles there. You've, you've got some baggage you'd like, some metaphorical baggage you'd like to get rid of. Starting with a really deep focused declutter. And we're talking, this is going to take you, like, can take a couple of months. It's very draining mm -hmm. to look at 
each item and think, why did I buy you? Where are the issues? And you can end up going back into your childhood quite a lot and things. And, and really making the decision about, are you going to respond to whatever made you buy this? Are you going to respond in the same way again? How would you respond differently? And sometimes it is, yes, I did really like this item. It's just too tatty and I'm getting rid of it, for example. Um, and that, in a way, can help you decide what you're going to buy moving forward. A lot of people say, after decluttering, they save so much money. It's, it was really funny. I did a big sort of clothing declutter after my daughter arrived because I felt like I'd, I'd changed as a person. I'm not going to say there are things you can't wear as a mum. But there were things that I didn't want to wear. They didn't, they didn't really fit with who I was going to be for the next stage of my life and had to clear out. And of course, then there are things that just don't fit. And that can be quite depressing um, as particularly a woman that's really into her fitness and health. Um, you can be a bit like, oh, it doesn't fit and I'm never going to fit in it again. And I'm like, well, if I am going to fit in it again, will it be in fashion? Will it be in style by the time I'm going to fit in it? Will I still love it? And so I got rid of a lot of things that actually I would fit back into now, but I didn't want, I needed them gone and they were good enough to go to charity shops and things like that. So they weren't going to go to waste and things. So I had this big clear out and my partner realized I had like very few clothes left. And so for the, the Christmas that rolled around, he said, my Christmas present to you is we're going to go on a shopping trip because you, you have nothing to wear. We need some clothes. I had some some very nice going out dresses uh-huh. and gym kit, and that was about it. I had more ball gowns than I had jeans. <laughs> um, so I you, you took it to an extreme. Did you? I was like, I have one one extreme and the other. Smart casual, I'm really not very good at. I'm okay. and I'm still not. I'm working on it because my because of my daughter, I'm in a lot more environments where I need to be smart casual. Yes. And my work is usually smart casual attire. Um, and I had like no smart casual. I was like extreme either end. Like, nothing in the middle. Um, but going into shops and things, having really dug deep into who am I and how do I want to show that in my clothing? Um, and what do I like wearing? And what am I going to feel good and confident in? Suddenly I was a nightmare to shop with because he he's got a really good eye for stuff that will look good on me and i'd mm-hmm. be like yeah great well i look good in it i'll get it looking good in it was not the only criteria anymore having done a deep declutter suddenly i was like i really need to be comfortable the tiniest itchiest scratchiest digging in bit is just not gonna fly with me anymore so I'd be like waving my arms about and if they were trousers doing sort of squats and lunges and trying to like lift my leg up as high as I could to see if it was going to fit and be comfortable and that things weren't going to like, I always feel like trousers are falling down. I have no hips. Um, I'm like, hold all my weight in my belly and no hips, no bum. So things fall down. So I'm like, is it going to feel like it's falling down all the time? Like suddenly the criteria was harder. And then I was like, does it spark joy? Which is a Marie Kondo phrase, which Mm -hmm. I obsessed with um because you can use that in so many areas and i'm very much a if it's not a a hell yes it's a no in everything in my life um and i was like i really need to put this on and feel like it it represents the true me so that shopping trip was a little bit trickier than i think he was expecting i was aware of it and i was better at 
he'd picked something up off the hanger and I was just like, no, I won't wear it. I really like it, but I won't wear it. And so it did, I feel like we spent a lot less than we would have done previously, which is quite, this is always quite nice. And again, um, same with beauty products, particularly targeted at women, you'll you'll lose this wrinkle and you'll lose that wrinkle and it'll do this and it'll do that. And you'll be this person, this person, this person, if you buy all these products, actually even decluttering and going through things I'd bought in the past. Why had I bought it? What did I think it was going to do for me? And really assessing that I have like one set of makeup. I have four eyeshadows. Um, and three of them is, is one thing like you use different colors for different bits of your eye. And it's like literally, so basically it's like two options in one palette and that's it. Whereas some girls have like 47 eyeshadows. I don't get it, but that's, they like to do different things every day. Going through all my makeup and all the beauty products and all these things made me realize I like one look. I, I rarely change my earrings. I don't need all these options. I'm actually that person that doesn't like having the options. I like to, to just go with the one, the one thing. Um, and suddenly I stopped panicking about having options in lots of areas of my life. And that from, from digging deep into my makeup. Um, and I'm really, I'm not, I'm not very good with the whole makeup or the flicky things and stuff like that. Not good at that. And I'm like, get someone else to do it if it's a special occasion kind of person. But from clearing out, going through all those things, I realized that I am happy having one option in lots of areas of my life. I am happy watching the same movie four or five times. I'm not going to worry that there's like four million other movies on, on subscriptions that we pay for. We have like Netflix and now TV and, um, it's like four things, different options on our TV. So many movie options. And I am quite happy now going back to one I've already seen because yeah. I, I'm, I know that I am happy with same. Whereas some people might clear their makeup out and realize they like having 442 eyeshadows. And so they then decide that they never want to watch the same movie twice. Hmm. It's, well. it's that level of deep that I get excited about. <laughs> and that, that's good. So, uh, so many things. So first, I want to just say to anybody that's listening, if, if, if you're, if you're a mom, and, and you've got uh, some worries about your wardrobe, just remember, it took you nine months. And we all know it's a little bit different than nine months. Nearly, nearly 10. <laughs> right, nearly 10. To have your body change for a specific, wonderful purpose. Mm-hmm. When you have your beautiful bundle of joy, he or she will come into this world. Your body needs time to bounce back and it's okay. You are not going to instantaneously bounce back. I I shared a a bit about this on my Instagram stories recently, and I've had some really lovely messages because we we're going on holiday quite soon. And I was, I didn't do it last year. I went one piece and this year I was going to brave the two piece. I was going for the bikini Um, and I'm a qualified personal trainer. I'm a qualified sports nutritionist. I have a gym membership that has a crash. I have gym equipment at home. I work from home. I have control over my time. I have support to have some extra childcare so I can go work out. I am in the ideal position 
to bounce back quickly. I'm using the little mm -hmm. inverted comma things over that to bounce back quickly. And yet I am two, my daughter is, was two at the end of April and I am still not back. And I had so many lovely messages from people coming back to me and saying, I'm so glad you're honest about that because I am, I'm literally in the ideal position short of having someone live with me, stopping me eating and telling me to do more squats. Literally, I'm in the ideal position to get my body back post-child, but I have taken it slow. I've let my body recover properly. Um, and it's years. It's not, it's like, cause there's that thing yeah, nine months, nine months to grow a baby, nine months to recover. No, it's years. Um, and if you, didn't do the recovery properly in the first like few months, first year, it can be even more years and people can have issues showing up much further down the line as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, something funny that we've been, talk been talking about on my Instagram stories recently because I've been sharing some body image um, images and stuff. And it's quite, there's been a few going around at the moment of, of the sort of the mum ton. Uh, Cause I, I always wanted to be that girl in the gym that had her, that had her abs out, had her stomach out. Um, one, I really like the look of the clothing, the cropped, the crop tops, I think are great, but also I hold heat in my stomach. Mm -hmm. So I hate being hot because we know I don't like being uncomfortable in my clothes. I hate being hot. Um, but actually I hit a point where the only way to cool down is to have my stomach showing, but I never felt like I could. I never felt like slim enough, toned enough, felt like you need to be shredded. You've got to be have shredded abs if you're going to show your stomach in the gym. Once I had my daughter, I was like, uh, no, jelly belly is coming out. I want to be comfortable. I'm, and the bizarre thing is since I've got my stomach out, wobbly and all in the gym, I have trained harder. My form is better. I engage my core more because I'm not just trying to suck it in so it looks good in a top. I'm like, even if I suck it in, it's not going to look good. So I might as well do it properly. Um, and engaging my core. And although my skin is very loose still because it had a giant child inside it, had a big baby, um, firmness and, and flatness beyond the jiggly skin, it's never been as good. Like this is, this is the best my stomach has ever been. It just happens to have very loose skin on it. Um, and I feel like that is because I finally went, well, I want to get my stomach out, so I'm going to get my stomach out. I, I don't care what it looks like. It's, it's, <laughs> Just going to go for yours. it. But think, uh, because here's, here's, I didn't care, it now looks the best it's ever looked. <laughs> well, see, there you go. But this, And maybe this helps with people with cluttering. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean, there's no matter what you do in life, literally. I mean, you could, I, we could pick any topic. Somebody's going to have a perception and it's either going to be good or bad that'll that'll lead to a good or bad reality to them like so somebody in that gym might look at you and think you know she's got some wobbly bits um she's there she's she's doing her thing she is encouraging me to do better because if she can do it i sure as hell can do it hmm. and there may be the opposite side of the coin um somebody who's like uh, you know look at her you know what's she trying to prove i don't know think about i can't even think of the negativity because i don't go there but um it's i've only had nice comments i haven't felt like anyone was staring or judging but also i'm i changed gyms in february this year and there 
they're sort of the two top gyms in my area. People are very into their fitness around here. Have you heard of Park Run? No, afraid not. It's it's um literally like a free thing. Different parks across the world set it up, and it's like once a week they do a five k run and it started in the park next to my house and it's now international like this mega international thing just called park run um and um it started in the park near my house uh mo farah um is from my town quite a famous runner so it's Mm -hmm. and there's lots of there's a university that's a sports-based university it's a very fit area um and so the two very good gyms in the fit area are going to be pretty good gyms. Um, and I swapped from one to the other and everyone's sort of like, well, why did you do that? Um, what's the comparisons and things? And there's lots of differences, but I think the biggest thing that's had an impact on me is the gym I left was very aesthetic driven, which is fine. Um, but where I've gone to is a lot more sports people. Mm-hmm. either professional there are there are a lot of professional sports people there that where I've gone has a lot of ties with the England rugby team um there's a lot of people that train there that are training for a sport and how they look is kind of a byproduct um and I think that's possibly played a part in it's it's helped to shift my mindset because I'm going for strong and the body I the body I need to live the life I want um, as opposed to worrying about the aesthetic which is how I was pre-baby I was always health I needed to do it a healthy way I would never do do it a steroid way or anything like that but I I looked at the aesthetic I looked at what muscle I needed to to grow and change and things whereas now I look at what do I want my legs to be able to do and I want them to be able to jump high why I need to do squats as opposed to I want to do squats to get a bum um really bad example because there are much better <laughs> to do if you want to get a bum than squats but you get what I mean um and I think that that had a big a big shift being in a in a sports based in a gym and people training for sports or um a life lifestyle as a place to an aesthetic and had I known that those two gyms were like that I would have picked the one I'm at now first originally um because I know me and I know who I want to be I want to be fit as opposed to I want to look a certain way and and that again comes back to this whole decluttering things out of your life that aren't aligned with you I say my number one rule for life is know thyself because I didn't for a long time and I know how bad my life got following everyone else's path but my own. I was in a very dark place in 2013. I absolutely hated my life in every way, shape or form. And I was miserable. And the worst thing is I didn't realize that I was these things because I was acting out in ways, in in really bad negative ways. I wasn't a very nice person because I was miserable. Um, And it was, it took, quite a traumatic event in my life for me to stop and actually go oh is this how I want to spend the rest of my life life is very short I became very aware that I'm going to die one day and and I embarked on this journey of getting to know myself which a big part of this was decluttering physical emotional friends hobbies like literally no area of my life was spared from the decluttering process and now I very quick to stop things coming into my life that aren't in line with me um, 
and that can sound selfish but part of what's important to me is is my family so their what's important to them is also important to me um and supporting my community so there's it's funny that people feel like just doing you is a selfish thing but actually if you just do you you have more to give and um, there's this lovely analogy of you can't pour from an empty cup um and that you are this vase full of water but we keep tipping our vase over to serve everyone else mm-hmm. and then the vase ends up ends up empty whereas if you keep filling yourself up if you imagine if you constantly pour into a jug into your vase eventually it overflows and you're full and everyone outside is full as well that is a that is a lovely analogy i i i i want to record a video of it actually doing because i think the visual would be so powerful particularly with mums it's something i talk about my like i say my business is super mum society i i and for mums what I do and trying to get them to understand the importance of self-care they hear it and they say they hear it and then actioning it is so much harder and I'd love to create an actual video visual of that that vase and showing look you can fill yourself up and and I've recently recorded something about um, learning to say no because mm-hmm. if you say no, whenever you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, whether you realize it or not. Um, and if you say no to the things that don't serve you and say yes to the things that do, you will eventually fill up and overflow um, and be able to serve all these people around you without being drained and having nothing to give. Um, so can uh, we say... Sorry, it's like digress. <laughs> No, no. So what, what I'd like to, to draw from that is two things. One, you and I definitely need to have the talk. Um, I want to do a whole episode with you just about how mothers and the pitcher overflowing. Mm-hmm. I want to do that for you. We're, we're, we sh- I just want to have that conversation because that's an important topic for me because I don't think that... Uh, women take care of themselves. Uh, they're very selfless. Uh, I'm being general to make a point, but mm. my, my perception and my uh, just experiences is that typically women are much, much, much uh, very selfless and constantly, like you said, they can't, they're trying to pour, they're always pouring from an empty cup. I want to have that discussion with you later. But when we talk about cluttering, so what you just mentioned was saying yes to something means you're saying no to something else. So we're talking about decluttering your schedule, decluttering your mind, decluttering physical things, mental things. It all ties together. And I think if I may be so bold, what we're trying to say is that decluttering can start with no, and maybe it's as simple as a no, like you said, in the Mm -hmm. store, like, your partner hey babe this will look great on you and you're like you know no i won't wear it yeah you're right it would look good on me but Hmm. i i i might wear it once and then that's it and then it's just gonna sit in the closet then i'm gonna have to marie condo that in like two years it's just let's not do that so you said no to that so you could say yes to something another outfit that maybe he picked out and you're like yes that's the one i will wear that it's it's what did you say smart casual yeah yeah so my, I can my wear trouble, troublesome area 
Yes. So yes, I can wear it here, here, and here. It solves three things. That's the one. Yeah. And I so. like things that serve multi-purpose because I don't. I like space between things. Um, I love the concept. Have you heard of the the, the concept of the empty shelf? Um, and it's that you need somewhere in your house an empty shelf or cupboard or drawer, just an empty. And its purpose is to be empty because it allows things to come into your life. And I've heard people use this concept to get pregnant, people that were struggling with infertility. Um, they decluttered and they kept an empty shelf. And it says to the universe, depending on how deeply you believe in these things, but mm -hmm. it says to the universe, I have space in my life, the thing I've been asking for. So you'll find people that are, are really struggling. They want more money. They want more money. But they're living like they're drowning in clutter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. there's, there's no there's no space for the more money to come in because they are there's there's no breathing room in their life so i like having things that are multifunctional because then there's more breathing space between them i want space between my hangers and the wardrobe um i'd rather buy a, a wardrobe twice the size of what i need so that there's air between everything um and people 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 say oh you've got loads of storage and I'm like oh yeah but I can't spread stuff out so I haven't got enough storage space <laughs> because I want I don't want everything close next to each other I want right. there to be this breathing room for life to to grow and evolve and the things that I want to come into my life to come into my life um an engagement ring being one of them <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, if you if you are if everything's full and people pack everything out. So they'll, oh, we've got space in the cupboards. We might as well buy 27 cans of tomato sauce because it's on offer because we've got space in the cupboard. Um, but it just sits there and it, the air doesn't move and it just doesn't allow the new things to come into your life. Last night, my daughter, the, this is the downside to it though. But last night, my daughter rejected her dinner. She decided she didn't like it. It was something I'd batch cooked and it was the third time she'd rejected it. So I got the point, she didn't like it. Um, but then I realized I had nothing else to give her because I'm on a juice cleanse at the moment. My partner's away <laughs> and everything else is frozen. So she had an omelet and I was like, that's the only thing I've got to give you is an omelet because I don't like keeping too much stuff in the house. But like I said, there was, there was still something, there was eggs. Um, uh and but she didn't I, starve she didn't starve no and worst case i'd have ordered delivery like we would have found something but that's the one downside is you do have to be a little bit more on it but i like having the breathing room between things we have a couple of like random backup items but on the whole we we just keep what we consume like i'd be no good in a crisis like when the zombie apocalypse happens don't come to my house because all our food is fresh we've got no hidden tins <laughs> stuff anywhere um we always have lots of water though so we'll be we'll be fine with that so um, you have something to bring to the party when that happens yeah we got <laughs> i don't like tap water and i don't want the plastic waste of bottled water so we have a big water machine um with the big you know they have in an office mm -hmm. we, we've always got but they only deliver in us they have minimum quantity delivery so i've always got water but everything else i'm like i like space between things um and love it. we've got a garage and people keep trying to fill it up with stuff when they move house can we store these things with you and i'm like no no <laughs> that's one of the biggest areas i've i've had to say no because so many times we've kept stuff for like a year for people and when we said are you coming to get it they're like 
oh no, I don't really want that. You can just get rid of it. And I'm like, now I have to take it to the dump, which for us is really far away and through lots of bad traffic. Um, I'm like, so you couldn't declutter it for yourself. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's a good point. First, first of all, two, two good points there. Number one uh, is that you've definitely got, you've, you've said no to, for, I'm just going to assume friends and family. Can yeah. we store? Because if they're asking you if they can store stuff in your garage, they're obviously friendly enough with you to ask that. So they're either yeah. related or they're a close friend. But yeah. pretty close friends have been doing this recently. <laughs> you've said no to them, and you know what? They've accepted it, and, and the world didn't end. No, it didn't. And I had to, we had, my partner had said yes before asking me for a couple of people recently. Um, and I say recently in like the last two and two years. Um, and then it's been up to me to chase them for them to take it back. And one of them had a lot of space to move it to. It was just getting around to it. And if they'd said, I just don't have the time to pick it up, I'm like, I can bring it to you. Mm-hmm. Once, now, if you're ready to take it, I'm quite happy to load up my car and bring it to you. That's not a problem. But I, I, really, need, I really need this out of my life. Well, one of I, the really things... need it, I really need it gone, even exactly. though the space is there. Um, and I, I train personal training clients in my garage. So oh, well, you need them. the space. That's, that's yeah, almost I unfair. Can, yeah, I can work around it. it. It wasn't in my way as such. But I, the breathing room, since it's gone, the workouts I'm writing for other people have got so much better. Good. Like that, the pre- it literally is like a pressure. Me, clutter and stuff is like a pressure headache. And a lot of people are the same, but they don't realize until they've decluttered. Um, they don't realize how much it's impacting them until they've got rid of it. Um, and I mean, it's like it's constant decision fatigue. I mean, if your drawers are full of stuff, every time you need to go in there to find something, you're, you've got all these decisions to make to get to the thing. And um, if you've got a wardrobe full of clothes that you're a bit like, I don't really like this. And if you put it on like three times and gone, well, it's all right, but I'm not, I don't think I'll wear it this time you really need to question if you're ever going to wear that item and, and, and get rid of it. And but think of the time you've wasted. I can't remember the statistic, but there's a rather scary, um, someone's worked out how many years a woman spends choosing what to wear. I don't, there's probably a man one as well, but the one I read was, it was, and it was scary. It was a scary, it was a number of years, years in your, out of your life was the time it took you to decide what to wear. And I, I only have stuff that I like. No, it's so much easier. I know I will get it out. And because I've got less stuff, I'm like, right, I know it's a bit chilly. I probably want bare legs still. Like I can think through and know which items in my wardrobe. I don't have to go through my wardrobe to work out what I'm going to wear because I know what's in there. Um, so even the time, I, it's one of my biggest ways of saving time it takes a big time investment because you've got to do a massive declutter, but having a proper declutter is such a time saver. We can find things. People has its home, like a a place for everything and everything in its place. I think if one thing that we can take away from you today is that it's very freeing and maybe people don't understand that the commitment that they make up front. So maybe common misperceptions, well, it's just going to take a lot of time. And quite frankly, in the States, you know, I have the room, I'll just keep it like you've mentioned that. And that's just not a good principle to have. Um, One thing that I was going to mention about what you said with your garage is that 
people oftentimes, uh, they don't want that item anymore. And so my wife and I, we will constantly ask each other, have we used, you know, fill in the blank in the last six months? And if we haven't, then we make a decision. Do we still need it? Like, does it serve a purpose? Uh, like for example, like I haven't used a screwdriver, um, uh, in the last six months, but I haven't had to fix anything because we built a new house in Texas. We didn't buy a previously enjoyed house. Yeah. I will need that screwdriver because this house will age. I will need to fix things as it ages. At some point, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to get rid of the screwdriver versus, you know, when we've done something else, we're like, have we used this item in six months? Do we still need this item? Does it serve a purpose? No. Do we, why do we have, you know, we go through the process. We're like, yeah, that's got to be donated. But yeah. then, like you said, we're, we've gotten rid of it. We're not using it. It's gone. And that's not to say that, that Sherry and I don't, um, you know, go through phases where we end up with maybe a little bit more, you know, we're human. I'm not saying that we're perfect, but we do ask each other, like, when's the last time we use this? I don't know. Why do we have it? I don't know. Then it's got to go. But it is freeing to have that space. Um, it's, I would say, it it's life-changing. Life-changing is the best description for it. And that's what I feel like the Netflix series was missing, is her her book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and the Netflix series is called Tidying Up. They need a separate series on the life-changing bit that, that goes much more deeper into the mental side of things because she does touch on it in the book. Again, I still think there's further you can go. I like saying to do the process slowly and do it slowly intentionally. Don't be like, well, it's going to take me six months because I've got loads to clear out. Be like, well, I'm going to spend a year I'm going to spend a year doing it bit by bit, really thinking through this, really getting to know myself and my needs and the life I want to live. Because that's the thing. A lot of people keep stuff around them for the life they live now, as opposed to the life they want to be living. Um, they, they keep this, the, the junk food and snacks in the kitchen because that's the person they are now, as opposed to the person they want to be. They want to be the healthy person or make, make those changes and making everything once there's less stuff as well, it's so much easier to put systems in place that make things flow better. So if you've got less stuff, you can put the item where you need it to be because that space isn't being taken up by stuff that you don't need at all. Um, it's thinking about when do you stop, where do you stop using the item? I love that because it's so much easier to, to drop an item where you finish with it. I mean, kids are great with this, aren't they? They finish yes, with the toy. Are. The toy gets dropped where it happens, where, where we finish playing with it, um, as opposed to where you go and get it from. And if you, but you will make the effort to go and get that item when you need it. So don't store the item where you will start using it. Store the item where you will finish using it. So in an ideal world, our wardrobes should be by our washing machines. <laughs> That's true. We shouldn't have the wardrobe, the wardrobe shouldn't be near where we get ready because we need the item when we need to get ready. We would go and get it to get ready, but putting it away afterwards when they're in two different locations is that's where we stumble. Um, and it's the same. Yeah. Thinking about, I mean, shoes and coats when you come in is often the tricky one. Make it as easy as possible um, to put the item away where you're going to finish using it. Absolutely. And I agree with like, that's the, that makes sense. It's, it's utilitarian. You know, do you have your washer and dryer next to where you keep your clothes? Quite frankly, in our, we have a, a little 
because I'm in the land of excess. I have, we have a laundry room uh, and it's got a bar uh, that I hang all my dress shirts on. Mm-hmm. And that's because when they come out of the dryer, uh, I hang them up right away. So there's less wrinkling. That's where the ironing board is and the iron. And if I need to, I iron, I just hang them up right there. And I just, I, I leave all my shirts there. Sometimes, um, you know, my wife might need some space for her items, but uh, that's typically where my shirts are. Cause then in the morning I just get up, go grab a shirt out the door. Uh, less, uh, I guess it's, it's one of the benefits of being male. It's easier to get ready because nobody cares how we look, <laughs> but that's, that's going to be part of our discussion, our future discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I'm going to hold you to that one. Cause I really think that that, uh, is important, but if I may digress for just a moment, I did not do a good job in the beginning. I always like to tell people how we met and how people can find you and what you're, what you're up to. So we met on one of the podcast groups, um, I believe. And then yes. I stopped you because I thought you were interesting to get you on the show, which was great. Here you are. So thank you for that. Um, and thank you for believing I'm not some sort of weird serial killer because I'm really not. I'm just normal me. <laughs> Um, I always worry about that. That's like my, that's my own self negative perception is when I'm pursuing a guest. I'm like, this person thinks I'm absolutely bonkers. Um, Hey, you didn't try and get me to join your network marketing business. So I'm happy because that's what I get a lot of on Facebook at the moment. I'm like, no, I will. You know what we, I could actually do an episode on that because for, and I'm, I did work for a company that sold our telecommunication service as a network marketing Mm. and I never I mean this is just a segue here but I never really felt good about myself because of that and we were providing a decent service a good service normal service and then it became this other thing that had a negative but perception but anyway uh again so please Jessica tell us uh you mentioned super mom society and you've mentioned your personal training business but I really want you to go in more detail now Please tell people a little bit more about it. All your handles, where they can find you, please. All the things. So many things. Um, so many. I, I had quite a, a varied career background that started in, in hospitality and then moved through into personal training. And before my daughter, that's what I was doing. I had my own studio in Waterloo, which is one of the central trains in London. Uh, it's a very central studio um, for London, a lovely commute. Um, and I did love doing it. But once my daughter came along, it wasn't going to be, wasn't conducive with how I wanted to be a mum and how I wanted to do it. And as I say, it wasn't a hell yes anymore. So it became a no. Um, but I still wanted to do a bit of personal training. So I have a couple of clients, like I will have three, maybe four tops at one time that I'll see a couple of times a week and I won't take on anymore. Um, and then my main business is Superman Society which utilizes all the skills I've learned throughout my various careers to help other mums um, be the mums they want to be with resources for a better, easier, happier motherhood. And then my focus is time management, decluttering, organization, general health and fitness. So anything that helps create a solid foundation for being you um, and all these skills and strategies, but applying them in a mum way. Because so much I've you, you'll read the book about this amazing strategy and there's so much information because there's a whole book on this one thing, but it, it's very hard to apply it as a mum that already has lots of other things. So we help to strip them down into like easier, 
uh, more manageable strategies. We can show how they benefit mum life if they're a more of a business-based strategy and things like that. Um, I like to make everyone's lives easier. I was desperate to be a mum for 15 years. I wasn't medically meant to be able to do it. Um, so she is my little miracle and I am determined to enjoy my motherhood. And I suddenly had this barrage of social media and society telling me how hideous motherhood was and stressful and tiring and all these things. And I'm like, challenge accepted. <laughs> um, and it just happened to turn out that I had learned a lot of skills. It's like, what's that film taken? He's like, I have a specialist skill set. Um, yes. I had learned a lot of skills throughout my bizarre collection of careers that really applied to motherhood. And, and people were coming to me and saying, how are you managing to do that? And how are you managing to do that? And you made that thing look easy. How did you do that? Um, and I was like, well, let me tell you. And yeah, the business was kind of born out of that because not only did I have the skills, but I was finding it very isolating being a mum trying to live my life by design because it seems to be even those that were doing that pre-motherhood, they become a mum and they're like, oh, I just bow down to everything my kids need now. And really, like we said, you, you can't serve from an empty cup. It doesn't really work like that. You end up burnt out and miserable um, and not able to enjoy your motherhood, which is the one thing I refuse to do. I will enjoy this motherhood one way or another. I will enjoy it. Well, I can't say much for motherhood, but I can tell you fatherhood's enjoyable. Um, I, I, from looking at my wife uh, and watching her be a, a successful mom for the past 22 years because that's how old Marissa is. Uh, I think she's enjoyed it. Um, I like it to think I've helped. It doesn't stop even at, it I think. It doesn't stop. It, 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 it never stops. And I appreciate that more now um, than perhaps when I was younger. But Definitely. That's, but. Uh, that's our discussion for, for, for next time. Um, yeah. but you didn't, so how, oh yeah, handles, handles. Like, I'm how so can bad people, at that. How can <laughs> so people find that. you? How can they contact you for help? Because I'm assuming, and you know, please forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that your wonderful mission does not stop because there's water surrounding the island that you live on. I'm assuming that you are willing to extend your help. Stuff everywhere. So anybody. I anybody and the the benefit is most of my international stuff is free which is always nice um at the moment the only we're we're less than a year old um so my only paid for things are actually uk based but all the free stuff is international so we have a youtube channel we have a podcast we have a blog um and we have a website that connects all of those amazing things and then the we run workshops like face-to-face -face workshops on life structure one on life structure one on time management and one on decluttering and um, we're running a three-day residential retreat which to be fair there's accommodation you could come from anywhere in the world for that exactly. one anyway. I, was, I was gonna i was um, gonna mention that thank you for mentioning that you can you can fly in and it's um it's basically going to be a game changer of a weekend you're going to refill your cup and learn how to maintain that once you go home because i find a lot of retreats they're great once you're there but you go home and it's a disaster again and you need another retreat a week later but no this is a learning learning how to maintain that full cup retreat so that's happening next year so that's yeah come from anywhere for that one um 
but that's all all connected through on the website which is supermumsociety.com which is the uk spelling of mum m-u-m um, because i was going to <laughs> i'm an m-u-m it was really hard i try like i try and use the word mother and motherhood in lots of stuff but when it came to the company name i really wanted supermum society and i couldn't like do i spell both like and how does that work with the two? So I'm just like, no, I'm going for it. I'm British. It's going to have to be the British spelling. Exactly. And that's okay. You do you. And then that's I'm the doing... thing I want people to take away. And like, we'll talk about this in our next episode is that if you just be yourself, like you are Jessica, you are a super mom and you run the super mom society. And that's perfect in its I'm own so, way. I'm, yeah. I'm so, I'm so me. I'm scarily open book. I'm very open book. And I'm, can be very much a case of too much information particularly if people start asking me about my labor story like there's people like oh no no I didn't need to know that much detail I'm terrible I'm I'm so me and I'm so out there um, and I'll tell anyone anything and sometimes my partner's going oh I didn't want that bit to be shared and I'm like well <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> never mind eh like he doesn't have I'm his only friend on Facebook he doesn't have a social media presence. He has it because he has to access a page for work. Um, but that's it. He doesn't do anything on Facebook. I'm his only friend. Um, whereas I am everywhere and I'll tell everyone every, anything. Um, and I'd be that person that would let someone into like the operating theater or be like, would give birth on TV and not care, even though like it's hideous. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, I've, I've not, I, I, so I'm studying for words, but I'll just say what I want to say. So, because I've learned over running the podcast that words matter very much, but I will just say this. I realized why I was made and born male because I could not, I just couldn't deal with pregnancy. I couldn't deal with childbirth. Uh, I fully admit and am in awe of the female, uh, female gender for being able to do all those things and willingly put yourself through those things it's it's above and beyond like i it's, it's it is I don't think the word pain is correct and i i my i had a 48 hour labor um and the last two hours were the, the most intense and because we suddenly sped up in the last two hours. I didn't get my birth plan and I didn't call for the epidural. So I did it on gas and air and paracetamol. The only other tablet they could give me, I was allergic to, so I couldn't have that. And um, so it was, I got the full brunt of it and she was a nine pound five baby. They're usually around seven pounds, seven yes. five. That's the, the norm. Um, so she was a big kid. She got stuck. <laughs> like, and um, I, I can do anything now. I have... Oh. I have yes. faced the physical pain of that and I have faced the emotional pain of losing my mum. And, and after those two things, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing now. There's nothing that will stop me. Like nothing, nothing could be worse than those two things. So, um, and you did it. You're, oh. you're here. And that's people can understand and learn a lot more of these wonderful things by going to supermum, M-U-M society, all together. Yeah. com And anything, any platform, we're not on every social media platform because we do us. We, we're on the important ones. For the people that want to, to use your inspiration 
of not being a, uh, afraid to expose your belly uh, on Instagram so they can take part of your um, inspirational stuff there. Is it Super Mom Society on Instagram as well? Yeah, we, we are at Super Mom Society on every, plat every social media platform that we're on. Um, and if you want to use our, the hashtag I try and get people to use is proud to be a super mum because I believe all mums are super mums. They just don't realize it. I think even on your absolute worst day when you are barely scraping through and you are still in last night's pajamas, you are still a super mum because even those days it has taken a lot of effort, a lot of effort. Absolutely. I, I absolutely, I agree. Preach it sister. Preach it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely uh, agree with you there. So I just wanted to get that out there because I was very naughty in the beginning and didn't give you the opportunity. <laughs> we just jumped right into it. Uh, just so everybody knows why is because uh, Jessica and I um, had one of the longest green room, green room chats that I've ever had, which was 25 minutes. And all of you know by listening to this podcast that I tend to uh, I liken myself to a cat being uh, chasing a laser pointer uh, or, you know, following a butterfly, a child following a butterfly. So I, I, I do that quite a bit. Um, but you all know that already. So we did that in the green room. Normally it's, you know, Jessica, the part where I talk about, okay, I'm going to hit the record button. I'm going to introduce you. We'll talk about the topic. That usually takes about five minutes. For us, it took 27 for anybody who's counting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were we were fast friends before the podcast started even though we had never met uh and and then now here we are but and that's why because we had been talking uh about i can't even there was probably six so or seven different things. topics that came there up there was so many things i have i always say this i've never met a word i haven't liked but one <laughs> of my you know i said about that shield i put on when i was bullied one of my things was to be really talkative um, and then I went through this phase of being very withdrawn and not willing, not very comfortable to speak up and loads of anxiety when I was older because I'd been, well, labeled the gobby one. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And it took me a while to come back around. I do public speaking now and it took me a while to come back around to actually I have something important to say. And it's one of my morning affirmations is I have something important to say just because I I'm open and we'll talk a lot and things. It doesn't just mean I'm gobby, which is a thing women get labeled more than men. Um, men, you would be a strong leader and things. Women were just gobby and bossy. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was quite a, a deep process to go from this being this gobby kid. Actually, I talk a lot because I have a powerful message and I have something important to say and I want to share it with the world. And you should continue to do that 100% I'm behind you. Uh, and I believe all of your followers are and all the ones that you're going to gain are all behind you. And Thank they're just you. waiting to, to find you. And I can actually, in my head, I can think of several, one in particular person that needs to hear your message about her being in her pajamas the next day, struggling. Um, she's a single mom of three and I don't think she realizes that she's a super mom. So she needs to find you. Maybe I'll, I, I don't like to overstep, but maybe I might in this case is just accidentally pretend to, you know, oops, meant that to go to somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, thank you for sharing all of that with us. So we know how to get a hold of you. 
uh, one thing that I would like to bring up before we do a wrap up here is that, uh, do you think that your love of clutter started because those items were a sense of permanence in a life where you moved a lot and you could always bring these things with you, even though you couldn't stay in one spot? I definitely feel like it played a part that there was there was no security in everything else in my life there was no security in the location or the relationships that were in my life and there was no security in being myself because I was bullied for being who I was whereas these things they they were ever present and ever there and so that they that they must be good they must be they were my security blanket in so many ways. Um, and then I realized I didn't, they were, they were not being a security. They were being a suffocation. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I agree because I went through it. So I was bullied as well. And that would be a whole nother podcast that I'd love to have to do because I'm fascinated with the, the concept of bullying because I was bullied um, for being overweight, which um, Actually, there's a study that just came out that shows that children who are, who are overweight, and actually looking back, I really wasn't overweight, but people called me fat, so that just made me mm-hmm. eat more, and then I became overweight. Um, I'm not. You know, I've got, I, I conquered that demon a long, long, long time ago because I'm 9,000 years old now. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so that's, that's behind me, but uh, it's fascinating to talk for me to talk with other people who were bullied and hear their stories and how they got around them. And then one of these days I'm going to talk to a bully. I mean, I kind of did. Uh, Claire was an episode I've already done where she was a bully. Um, but Claire's such a sweet, sweet person. And just in life that, you know, she did have a good example of how she was a bully, but it was one instance that the one instance I don't necessarily think makes you a bully. Um, it was just a, actually a misperception that led mm-hmm. her to be labeled as a bully versus her actually being a bully. So one of these days, if you're, if you were a bully or if you still are, Hey, calm, talk to me. Yeah. I and so many know. times the people that are bullied become bullies because it becomes part of their shield. Well, it, it does, but it also is the way that they perceive that they need to show power. Yeah. You know, I can be powerful if I can make these other people feel less powerful stealing their power well no you're just making yourself look like an idiot and quite frankly yeah. you are, but, uh, I mean that's just a different story so I put that on my Jessica list for future reference if you should have time but the one I really want to talk to you about is the the moms not taking enough time for themselves which I think is an an epidemic yeah definitely. Uh, and I know that's a strong word and I picked it normally I pick strong words to make a point I like to take people to to the edge of the cliff with strong words and then back them up because I like to get their attention. But in this case, I truly picked that word because I meant it and it's true. Um, and we'll talk about that. So when it comes to decluttering, did we talk about, did we dispel all the misconceptions, the misperceptions that you were hoping we'd dispel today? If not, is there any that you'd like to bring up now? I think the the big one we really touched on that you've got to do it slowly and you've got to go deep and it's not just the physical stuff around you. You need to look at the additional emotional baggage because the 
that helps feed bringing in the physical clutter. If you've got friends in your life that aren't friends and shouldn't be a part of your life, they will be inspiring physical clutter as well. So it's looking at it as a much, a much bigger picture and doing a proper slow process. Slow, build a good solid foundation of knowing who you are to really solve the problem. I think you just brought up a good point because I don't think it's something that you touched on earlier is that we talked about decluttering things, but you can declutter people in your life. There are people mm-hmm. who don't bring uh, valuable relationship to your life. They are a drain. And there's a guilt that people can have. Well, if I'm not there for this person, nobody else is going to be. And that's a different discussion. And that's somebody, if you're feeling that way, then that person you're there for needs help from a professional, not you. You're not a professional. Um, not you, Jessica, the plural you, yeah. the listeners listening. Um, but uh, it's okay to back away because that person's just going to be an emotional vampire. And I've, I've, I've been wanting to talk about this on an episode as well. So if you're listening and you want to talk about this, about how certain people in our lives can be emotional vampires. And that's a, a, a term that I like to talk about when I'm doing my coaching and counseling sessions. Um, and even in corporate strategy, there's, there's, there's vampiric uh, tendencies that we tend to be so open to that are just so draining. And, you know, when you have that emotional vampire, Jessica, what happens to that cup? Empty, empty, empty. Can you pour from that empty cup? You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot. So it's okay. I just, I'm, if you need permission from, from somebody, I'm going to give you permission, not you, Jessica, because you're already on top of it. But (laughs) those of you listening, I'm giving you permission to take a look at your friend list. And by the way, when I say friend list, I don't mean the 2000 people on Facebook that you think are your friends that aren't. I mean, the people that are truly in your life that you call and talk to on the phone that you might text regularly, people that aren't following you, they're actually your friends. And then I'm using air quotes or air quotes that you all can't see, but those people, even still, some of those people aren't gonna be your true friends. What do they, they, they constantly need, they constantly want, they're a drain and it's okay to cut those people off because I believe Jessica, and I'm gonna let you say it, uh, it's, I want to talk about the empty shelf with people because uh, if you're think about pe- putting people on your shelf, right? It's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if your life is full up with the wrong people, there's no space for that new friend. I, so I think it's called Lamar's in America, like the, the antenatal course thing oh, yes. that most people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the UK, there's lots of them, but the big one is NCT. Um, and they do joke and say you're buying middle-class friends because it's quite expensive to do NCT. <laughs> um, so I did, we did NCT because we'd never given birth to a child before and we wanted to know about all the things. Um, and everyone was like, you'll get this, this lovely group of friends that will all stand by each other and you'll know each other in 10 years' time and blah, blah, blah. And there were some nice people in my group. There were a couple that weren't nice to me. Like one literally had me in tears at one point as well. Um, but they, none of them were really my people. They were, they, they weren't, they were nice, nice people, some of them, but they weren't right for me. Um, and once I really 
sort of said no I came out of the whatsapp group and everything once I really said no I met the most amazing I'd already met her but I didn't think she liked me and it turned out she didn't think she was cool enough to be friends with me and I've never been cool cool in my entire life um and she is one of my absolute best friends now beyond best mum friend she is my one of my absolute best friends when my partner finally does propose she will be a bridesmaid like but I never I didn't fully let her in until I cut my NCT group off like I went you're just not my people you're draining you're draining me even the people in the group that were nice but just weren't they weren't for me um were draining me and now I have this amazing friendship and my little one loves her little one as well they're so cute together um and it's because I made made space I made metaphorical space on my friend shelf that she was able to come in like that, that doesn't it's like you don't the new partner doesn't arrive until you've got over the other one and, and mm-hmm. made space, space on that shelf. You have to make <laughs> like, space, right. So clear all the shelves, all the physical, all, all the metaphorical, and you will be able to actually start building the life you want. Exactly. We're all going to go declutter if we need to, and it's okay to declutter. I think that's what I want people to know. To give yourself permission. I mean, you really don't need anybody's permission, but your yourself give yourself permission these 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 things these people they are they are stealing your time and there's that it's a there's a film called time with justin timberlake in oh i love that yeah you don't have money you have the time ticking down on your arm and i say this people when they say that they they find themselves losing two hours a day on instagram is if that, if your time, how many hours you had left on earth was scrolling down on your arm while you were scrolling down Instagram, would you still do the scrolling? And that's the same with all these things and people that are taking up your time. It's, they, they're not going to rock up on your deathbed and go, uh, I stole like four to five hours of your life um, that time. Here, have it back. Get off your deathbed and live your life for five more hours. Like, it doesn't happen. No. You have to stop them from stealing it in the first place. You have to stop these things from stealing your time in the first place by getting them out of your life so that you can actually have a life by design and the life that you want and deserve to have. I say, I've said this before. People will hear me say it again. Time is your most valuable asset. You have to be careful how you spend it. Mm-hmm. There's no refunds on time. No, it's what we value most and use worst. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. So I will say that it's been lovely to speak with you today. Um, Really appreciate your taking the time and adjusting your schedule because I know the time difference can be quite, quite daunting when uh, Mm -hmm. I speak to my new friends in uh, different countries and different time zones. Um, But I, but we make it work because we can. Because so we have something important to say. Exactly, you do. And um, I'm excited to help really dig in. I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like our next talk is really going to drive the point home of what I'm perceiving as is your mission. What we've talked about really fits in with your overall mission. And it's important. And you're getting those moms out there the help that they need and the support that they need. But I really feel like if we can dig into not taking enough time for themselves and the whole cup theory, 
Like, I just want to spend a whole hour with you just talking about that. I love talking about that. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I couldn't tell at all. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I have a lot to say on that subject. <laughs> I had a feeling. Um, so you and I will work offline. We'll schedule that. But I do want to thank you for your time today. And if anybody has any questions for me, uh, as always, you can call or text at country code one five eight five two one zero zero two four zero. You can always find the website as perceptionistreality.online, and there's a very specific reason why I chose the dot online. Um, and that was featured in a different episode. But if you're curious as to why, David, why do you have a dot online? Call me. I'll let you know. Um, I'll fill you in on the secret. Uh, and all of my handles are at PIR Podcast. Uh, you can find me there. And as we all know, we're going to contact Jessica for assistance if you need to. You're going to go to supermumsociety.com with a U not an O, especially for all of my friends in the uh, States. Uh, it's the British version of mum. Um, and you're going to go there and she is available to help you. And anybody who's listening, that's international. If you're intrigued, you're like, wow, she's an awesome woman. I want to go listen to her. She's going to do her seminar. There's this thing, it's called an airplane. And yeah. it miraculously will fly you pretty much anywhere in the world. And there's these things called hotels and vacation lets and things like that where you can stay. The accommodation is included with that event. What? The accommodation? Oh, sorted. You just have to uh, fly and it's, it's close to Heathrow and Gatwick Airport. Now, now like, you're just blowing my mind. So It's between the two biggest airports in the UK. I think they're the biggest airports in the UK. I don't actually know that for a fact. But in my the mind, they're the two busiest airports in the UK. What's the date on that? Your your um, we are. I have a meeting next week to confirm it. It will be in the first quarter of next year. Um, so before the okay, summer, good. So people summer. have time to go subscribe to your website to think yeah. about this. And is there? And and this may be me just forcing an opinion, which I apologize in advance for. But is there a pre-registration form, like an interest form, like hey, I am interested in this, so you would know and get maybe a count of people. There is. There's actually going to be a special price for people that are on the wait list. Um, I am just trying to find the link because I was like, why do I not know the link for this off the top of my head? Um, of all the links, so many links. Uh, the wait list is at, oh, really obvious. Um, so you want to go to the supermumsociety.com forward slash courses, and there you can see there it says, um, about the third course down it says weekend retreat three-day weekend retreat join the waitlist and if you sign up for the waitlist you'll be the first one to know when the tickets are released and you get a discounted rate on those release date early release date tickets as well wonderful and i think it's important and and again this is just my perception of what's going on here is that if you the plural you listening can sign up for the waitlist that will help jessica size the event properly and and know um, I mean, I'm anticipating uh, bursting seams in the venue, but it would be helpful if you guys could register early and let her know so she can plan appropriately. Yes, definitely makes my life easier. 
<laughs> please. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I'll do my part. Um, but Jessica, thanks for being on the show today. Very much appreciated. And I wish you the best. And I look forward to scheduling uh, this next time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you'd like to leave feedback on the podcast, comment on this episode or previous episode, or to be a guest on the show, leave me a message by calling 1-585-210-0240. Any feedback or episode comments could end up being aired in the future. I look forward to hearing from you.